Well, hey, welcome everybody. This is uh, your host, Paul Gillette. This is another Model Railroad Hobbyist podcast. And today I'm going to be speaking with a person that you may or may not know. It's Everett Clausen. Now, most of you people, if you're familiar with uh, Everett, it's going to be under YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you search for Big E61, you will come up with pages and pages of video blogging that Everett has been doing since 2006. You have followed his building, his model railroad. There are, I think, whatever, about 440-some uh, individual episodes. 44, something like that. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Off the top of my head. It, it is pages. He's got, I don't know, how many subscribers follow you? Oh, I think it's like close to 6,000 now. It's, it's, in, it's in the mid-fives at least, so. Okay. And I looked up the aggregate downloads of all of his episodes, and they're over 4 million. So that's how I stumbled onto him one day. I was on YouTube. Uh, actually, coincidentally, just about the time that Everett started this project, then uh, was looking at Model Railroad, and then I think the first thing of yours I saw was making mountains out of dense foam. Extruded, uh, yeah, making scenery out of extruded foam or something. Yeah, I think that was the title of the series. Yeah. And so I started watching these because I was in the process of uh, building a, another model railroad since we had recently moved to Arizona, and I had never used the foam before. So that's how I became acquainted with what uh, Everett does. So it took a while to get a hold of... Uh, Everett, I guess, what, a couple months ago, I left a message on your... Uh, yeah, on my page, and it required an admin password to sign in. I'm usually kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll check that later. I usually get you know two or three of those a month, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check those later. I'll check, you know, cause I'm just, I don't feel like looking up the password. I hardly ever use it. I finally looked it up, and I was like... Okay. So, yeah, it took... Uh, took a while to get a hold of uh, Everett to schedule this uh, interview, so he's a busy man. Now, tell me, let's go back to the basics. How did you get into uh, model railroading? Well, uh, this goes back to when I was like, uh, oh, let me think around nine years old. I always liked trains, you know, and like... Uh, um, most kids of that age, you know, young boys who wanted to be firemen or policemen or train engineers, and I was one of those who wanted to be a train engineer. I was fascinated about them, and uh, I was involved in uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters program uh, back in New Jersey, and uh, uh, my big brother, you know, knew, knew I liked trains, and he liked to go into the city. Um, we lived about, uh, about 40 miles out, out of uh, New York City. And he'd like to go, you know, go to museums or go to plays and stuff like that. And he would, you know, we would sometimes, you know, a couple of times a month just go into the city and we'd take the train, the old uh, um, Irilakawana electric trains, those green monsters. I don't know if you've seen pictures of them. <laughs> they were, 
they were uh, they were uh, pretty clunky and uh, had their own beauty at the same time. But uh, uh, then one uh, one weekend we went in uh, one Saturday, and I think it was like in September. And he says, well, you know, I want to go visit a store there and pick up a gift for a friend. So I'm like, no, okay, sure, sounds fine, great excuse to ride in the train going to the city. So we go into downtown Manhattan, and there is this hobby shop down there. I don't know if it's still there. This was like back in 1970, something like that, 70, 71. And this place was like cramp-packed. I mean, floor-to-ceiling trains. I mean, I don't know if there were other hobbies represented there. I, if there were, I ignored them. But uh, it was, you know, for me, it was just kind of like this magical place. And then uh, he buys this uh, HO Scale uh, Santa Fe Super Tree train set. You know, and me, you know, I was just as naive as all get out. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, that's good for your friend. You know, he's a lucky guy or whoever it is, you know. Then... <laughs> Then in December, well, you know, lo and behold, there's the same train set that he bought, you know, under the Christmas tree for me. So um, that was just uh, really cool. This is probably one of the most meaningful gifts I've gotten in my life because um, from that point on, it's uh, been a hobby that's uh, stuck with me. I mean, I haven't stuck with it all the time. You know, I took some uh, time off uh, uh, when I graduated from high school and uh, through when I finally had kids myself. But, uh, it's, uh, you know, so that's, how, that's basically how I got my start. Had a four by eight sheet of plywood, either on the floor in our bedroom or either on the floor in the living room, smack dab in the middle of it. So, and I spent hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, set. you do engage now. How? What made the transition go from HO to N? Well, <clears throat> we moved into a house in the middle of town. It was an older house, and. Uh, had a decent size basement, like 26 by 26 square. And uh, the only problem was, was that, uh, well, two big problems. One, it was unfinished. And secondly, it had a very low ceiling. It's like uh, six foot, three inches from the floor. To the <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I kind of figured, well, you know, my basement kind of provides, you know, some counterbalance to that Randy Newman song about short people, you know. So my basement is a place where short people do have a reason. So um, <clears throat> anyway, I had those uh, two th- two considerations. First, I had to finish out the basement. And then when I did, I thought about, okay, what kind of railroad do I want? And uh, one of the books that I read quite frequently as a young modeler, uh, was uh, Model Railroading with John Allen. Uh, that book put out, that wonderful book uh, put out by Lynn Westcott. And uh, he spent hours in that book. And uh, then another book I used to read a lot was, uh, I think, uh, The Complete uh, Guide of Model Railroading by David Sutton. That was another one I spent a lot of time in. But anyway, I wanted to do mountains on my railroad. And I finally, you know, to think about it, it's like, well, I, you know, I suppose I could have done something with mountains in HO scale, but I realized, you know, no, I want mountains, you know, all over the place, trains winding up at just kind of like, you know, uh, John Allen's layout. So I, it just made sense for me to, sh- to shift to N scale because I can do a lot more with that uh, size than I could with HO. That kind of drove my decision. Okay. So we've got this... Engage uh, layout going. So let me follow the process here. 
was this about the same time that you get the idea for the the video blog, or did they no, come off no. together, or how this happened? No, no. Actually, I started the, the current layout back in 2002, and that was way before YouTube existed. Well, actually, the videos, uh, the original set of videos, um, doing scenery with extruded foam, those were actually shot in, like, 2003, and that was even before YouTube existed. At the time, I was kind of kind of sort of a charter member of a um, uh, N-Scale site, nscale.org. It's uh, hosted in Italy. But uh, I, I, I discovered that site. That was like the 110th member to join. And so uh, I spent some time hanging out there uh, on the forum and started to get, uh, was able to get to know the site admin. And, uh, you know, he was looking for, you know, ideas, content, articles, and stuff like that. So I thought, oh, okay, why don't I... Uh, uh, do a video series on uh, you're working with extruded foam. And I pitched that towards him. He was kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. That sounds good. So I um, shot the original series on my, um, I think it was a Canon A590 digital camera. And, uh, and I think at the time, I think I only used 320 resolution on it. And, uh, yeah, the reason why I did that is I could only shoot chunks three minutes at a time in that, that particular camera. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, I shot some videos, and then uh, he gave me a backdoor where I could uh, log in and uh, upload all those other videos I shot. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, he just the admin just kind of disappeared off that website. Uh, he's worked in the Italian film industry, and I think just things got insanely busy. He just did not have time to even breathe, you know, so... Uh, Things just kind of fell by the wayside with that. <clears throat> and, uh, well, then, you know, you know, a couple of years go by, and uh, YouTube comes into existence. And I hear about it, and I'm like, well, okay. And I, I finally gotten some uh, video editing software. It was uh, Adobe Premiere Elements. And so, you know, I thought, okay, why don't I take all these little chunks of videos that I shot and stitch them together and uh, uploading to YouTube. I'd done some searches to see what sort of model railroading content there was on there, and there really wasn't much other than people doing slideshows of their layouts and things like that. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so I took these three-minute chunks and stitched them together. I made about uh, nine videos that were like, well, less than ten minutes. I mean, the limit back then was like ten minutes or so. And uh, compressed them and uploaded them and... Uh, the quality was horrible. I mean, I had just gotten the software, and I really didn't know anything about uh, file compression. So the sound was bad. The videos were grainy. And, you know, I just kind of uploaded them and just kind of forgot about them. And then uh, maybe about a week or so, two weeks after I uploaded them, all of a sudden I started getting these emails about people wanting to subscribe to my channel. And so I'm like, well, what's going on here? <laughs> Yeah. You know, so I look at these videos and getting all these comments saying, wow, these, these are great. These are, you know, these are wonderful. These are awesome. And I was just kind of like, you've got to be kidding me, you know. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of like, well, okay. And, you know, I didn't really dive into it uh, head first at the time. I would, uh, I can't remember what series I did after that. Um, I think I did on, uh, um, Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head what, I, what the heck I did. I think it was a series on uh, detailing cars, freight cars and stuff like that. 
And, you know, so I, I wouldn't, I'd upload maybe a series, maybe once every two or three months or so or something like that. And then uh, I thought, I got into my head that uh, I would do a series on a handling an N-scale turnout. And because uh, nobody else did it, so it was kind of like, you know, I did it because I could. And I ended up with a series that was like 57 parts. I mean, looking back on it, it was absolutely insane. I mean, <laughs> I have to... Uh, uh, boy, if you, if you want to sit through 57 parts of that, you've got a lot of stout and stamina. So, uh, so anyway, that's that's basically how it kind of evolved from there. And then uh, I ended up uh, finding this wonderful piece of software that allowed me to double the resolution on my original videos, you know, boost it up to 640 by 480, and have it fairly decent. And I recompile them using a different setting. I kind of better better understanding of uh, you know how to compile and how that impacts quality and what sort of uh, compression methods you do. And then I re-uploaded that uh, new series. The original series is more of a high quality series. But anyway, that's what was the software you upgraded to? Well, it it was a it was a shareware program, and uh, it was a free trial, and there weren't any restrictions on it. And uh, I can't remember for the life of me what it is, because even now, I only used it once to double the resolution on that particular series, and I would still pay them the 10 or 20 bucks <laughs> for it, just because it really improved the quality of that original series. But then after that, I had gotten a uh, real um, um, video camera to do my video, so I wasn't my little um, digital camera anymore. Okay, so are you shooting in uh, high def now? Yeah, yeah, I got a high def camera about oh, over a year ago. So it's a Sony, I think it's a Sony CX150. So I can get a Best Buy for like 550 now. I think I paid 600. Wow, that's a, that's a serious camera. Okay. All right, now, so you mentioned that... Uh, that one uh, building the turnout had like 57 installments on it. That's that is one of the things that when I started watching your series that I liked was because you didn't blow through the details, which always presumes that to, that your viewers, you know, are familiar with what you're doing. I like the way you took the time to do it and. Uh, You've gotten very good at doing time lapse. Yeah, I, I, I just take uh, video or sections of what I'm doing that I think are repetitive or boilerplate, and then I'll just speed it up and then you know put music in the background. So, and I'll slow things down, and, and you know if there's any talking points I have, I'll slow it down and drop back to normal speed and just you know talk about what I'm doing. So, okay, now, so. This is all the same layout that you started in, what, 2003? 2002. I actually started training, okay. so. Now, if, if we look at a timeline on that, about how, how much of the railroad is complete now? <sighs> now, I mean, you're halfway done. Well, I mean, more like 40%. I mean, there's a lot more detailing I need to do, you know, so I kind of jump around to different sections so I don't get bored with what I'm doing or I run out of ideas of what I want to do there and I need to think about things more. So, so I've kind of, just kind of been jumping around. Okay, well, what? how big is this layout? 
It uh, goes along the walls of our family room, so it's kind of, it's roughly L-shaped. Originally, when I was, I'm going to backtrack here, originally when I uh, was going to finish out the basement, you know, I talked to uh, my wife about uh, you know, building, you know, making two rooms, one would be for the layout and the other one would be for a family room, and uh, both would be kind of smallish, I mean, not really huge or anything like that, and she was kind of like, well, you know, I... I'd kind of like to not have you be isolated. You know, why, why don't you just build your, you know, why don't you just use the whole room to build your layout? You know, and I'm kind of like, booyah. <laughs> Sold. Sold. So that's what I ended up doing. That was one of the things that prompted me to, also one of the considerations that prompted me to use N scale is because, you know, I would put it on a shelf and run it along, and the shelf wouldn't need to be as wide to accommodate the train. So, uh, will be a bit more discreet, you know, going throughout the family room. So, uh, let's see. It's size. Back to size. Well, on the longest side, it's like 24 feet. Okay. Uh, 24 feet by 18 by 12, and then it jogs out about another 6 feet, then goes over another 15 feet or something like that. So, it, it, it's roughly L-shaped. I have a... Uh, design on my website that kind of, you know, probably gives you a better idea. Okay. Overall size. So, so, have you ever measured what kind of mainline run is that? That's got to be a lot of track. I think. I actually had it figured out once, but if I... Uh, good grief. If I run a train on the longest section, the longest loop that I have... It takes about, boy, I can't remember if it was 10 or 20 minutes to go all the way around. If I go at a reasonable scale speed of, let's say, 25 miles an hour, you know, I think it was at least 10 minutes, if not 20. It's, it's been a while since I've done that. Holy cow. So, yeah, I think it came out to be like six, seven or eight scale miles or something like that. I Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I actually had that figured out and... Uh, I don't think. Wait a moment. I think I had that. I think I wrote that down in my stats on my website. Well, let me take a look at that. But while you're looking at it, tell people what your uh, website address is. Uh, okay. It's uh, it's model. Well, okay. It's model rr uh, model railroad dot oakviewresources dot com. But you spell it model rr dot oakviewresources dot com. So, Oakview, O-A-K-A-V-I-E-W? Yeah, hold on a second here. Darn, that stupid thing. Yeah, O-A-K-V-I-E-W-R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S dot com. And it's, yeah, so it's M-O-D-E-L-R-R dot Oakviewresources dot com. So that'll, that'll... Okay. And if you go to YouTube, then you want to find... Uh, Everett's videos, then just go to the search and type in the big E61, T-H-E-B-I-G-E-61, and it will just take you to pages of uh, Everett's videos. Uh, and there are, when he gets on a series, like you're doing what, the excursion, yeah, the excursion and mine run right now? Yeah, yeah. And you're up to what thirty nine installments? So, I think it's over. It's going to. I think it's over forty now. 
Okay. And he goes into detail. Uh, one of the things that, that I enjoy is when you do the time lapse, the music, and I know you're a musician, is any of that your music? Yeah, it's all, it's all original. It's all uh, okay. music. I had gone to uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston for a year, thinking that I was going to make a career in music, but uh, changed my mind. So, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. Uh, what? Really, it's uh, it's yeah, it's very very good music. Well, thank you. And it seems <laughs> to flow. It picks up the tempo of of what you're doing. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, cause I know on some of your earlier, uh, videos that I would watch, like you say, there's repetitive elements and yeah, so forth. Yeah. And before you got into doing the time lapse, you'd sit there and watch you do this. And I'm going, okay, we need time lapse here. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, perfected time lapse very well. Yeah, well, at the time I thought, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, how I, could, how I can make my videos better, and so, okay, uh, I can do time lapse, but uh, what's what am I going to do behind the time lapse? Am I just going to ramble about what I'm doing, or I can put music? So I started looking at uh, royalty-free music, and that stuff isn't cheap. <laughs> you know, like a half-hour CD of it, you know, uh, I think runs about a hundred bucks nowadays. So. Uh, and I thought, well, this is kind of crazy. I mean, I've got my own little home studio here that I can make music, so why not just roll my own music and slap that on the videos rather than pay someone else to, you know, buy an entire CD. I mean, not necessarily like everything that's on there, you know. Not that I necessarily like everything I write, but <laughs> so, uh, but that, that's kind of, you know, how that got started. Okay, now you mentioned that you married so. Your wife, obviously, is a very great wife because she said, why don't you take the whole family room for your model railroad? Does she help you? Is she a musician also? Well, she plays around with piano a little bit, but no, it's pretty much uh, my my project, so I'm I'm like a family musician. My my kids are musical, too. One of my oldest daughters is uh, fairly musical. She plays piano and violin, but for my own stuff, I just write write it myself and record it myself. Now, a little digression here. When you start, you know, like, let's go back to the mountains, the very one. Did you already know how to do that, or did you just dive into it and figure it out as you went along? Oh, a combination of both. I mean, I've read some articles in uh, Model Railroad, uh, Model Railroad Magazine about working with extruded Foam. I think there was a good series um, uh, on Bill Bill Darby's route, mommy route, where yeah, hot, okay, you know, hot wire foam cutter, and uh, I experimented with that too. And I had gotten a cheap one, and then realized, well, you know, if I'm going to really get into hot wire foam cutting, I'm going to have to spend some money to do it. So um, I ended up kind of improvising my own methods for carving foam. Well, the using whatever I had on hand. Okay, well, you know, gluing it up and then chunking it with a file, yeah. and then I see you use uh, Sureform shapers on yeah. there and so yeah. forth. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very effective, and I employed it on my own layout. I, so, it's it works. Yeah, yeah. It works. Because you go out and you buy, if you've got a lot of 
area that you need to turn into a mountain, I mean, if you cast it, if you go to, you know, the Hydro- Grand oh, Pacific Gyms and buy a $20, I mean, you've still got a fortune tied up in HydroCal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot heavier, too, and you can... Uh I'm trying to remember how much it was. A two-inch thick, four-by-eight sheet of foam. I think it was like $20 at the time when I bought it. And it's still fairly cheap. Yeah, you can go to Home Depot now and for 15 bucks buy a four-by-eight by one. Yeah. We don't get two-inch here in Arizona because they just don't use it. But uh, you can buy the one-inch, yeah. two-inch uh, beaded polystyrene. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've kind of noticed is that uh, some of this stuff is regionally available. I mean, if you're in colder climates, then, yeah, you can get the two-inch stuff. But uh, I've had several people from Florida just wondering, hey, I can't get get, get into the stuff anywhere because <laughs> they don't, you know. That's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, how to answer that one. Yeah, well, I hear they, a lot of stuff gets stuccoed. And so you get the two-inch uh-huh. extruded, which is a little bit. Uh, lighter weight, a lot of times it comes in uh, two-by-eights or two-by-four sections. And it's actually tongue and groove, yeah. but, you know, hot knife, you can cut that oh, off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It still shapes up uh-huh. the same way that, that you did it three, four years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I employed the the paint, the wash. I mean, I just would come back in, look at your videos, and go, okay, so I'd go by cheap oops paint from the local ace hardware uh-huh. cut it down with water and spray it on and i mean it was just as simple as you portrayed it in your uh video blog so but yeah the fact you've got over six thousand subscribers i mean that's a a heck of an impact upon the uh, model railroad community out there well it, it- it, it kind of surprised me how how popular it got. So, uh, and, I, and I'm assuming it it still is popular. I mean, you have other uh, video bloggers out there. Um, got uh, I'm trying to think of a monster model. Rep. Yeah, monster, monster. And I, I can't remember some of the other ones. There's a uh, reality reduced. I don't know if you've ever seen any of uh, his videos. The thing that I've found when I scan through and look at them. I look at, do they focus on a subject? Are they mm-hmm. in-depth? And I look for a, a certain level of professionalism. And yours stands out there. Uh, there, are, there are a couple others that do very, very good jobs. And there are other people that they're very amateurish and so forth. So you've done a, done a very good job. You've acquitted yourself Quite well. Thank you. <laughs> now, have you ever considered doing a DVD series and just making this easy for us? Uh, you know, I, I've had some people ask me, okay, do you sell your series on DVD? And it's like, well, yeah, I, I, can, uh, I can burn DVDs and stuff like that, you know, and I've actually done it a couple of times, but I didn't have, actually had a on my website, had a web page where I was selling a couple of my series, but uh, didn't really get a lot of hits or anything like that, so I just decided to take it down and kind of think, well, you know, why, why are they going to buy it? It's on YouTube. You know, they can just watch, they can stream it. And now that tablet PCs are getting more prevalent, you know, people can just haul their tablet down to the layout and watch stuff there, so. Okay. Valid point. 
Well, I do the same thing. I my wife got uh, got me an iPad for Christmas, and she only did it because she felt guilty because she had bought herself one two weeks before. And when I cook, because I love to cook, uh, or I'm in here in in the office uh, weathering cars, I'll prop it up and put on YouTube and you know just do a search for model railroading and have at it. So, okay, that's a that's a good point. That is very convenient. Just call it up on your tablet. Yeah, yeah. And you know, well, what do you got planned in the future, though, Everett? I mean, you've you've covered a lot of the core subject matter of model railroading. What do you got in the future? Uh, f- well, right now, I mean, I plan on uh, f- getting uh, my excursion train and coal mine seem to a, I don't know, a fairly high level of completeness and then want to go back over to the original section that uh, first kicked this whole video series off uh, where I did the extruded foam series and I need to revamp that, you know, and uh, redo some sections based on things I've learned since then. Um, it's looking a bit dated. And then I have... Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there's other areas of the layout you need to finish. The interchange scene and the river scene needs more trees and foliage on there. And that's, I suppose that's probably the most complete of the scenes. Um, and then I have a town and a main yard that to work on. And uh, so, I mean, I've got plenty of stuff to keep me busy. You know, and of course, uh, I might just get sick of the whole thing and decide to tear it down and redo it all because that's... Uh, there's some design issues there that I wish I would have done differently, but would be impossible to change now without tearing a lot out. So, okay. <coughs> do you uh, do you belong to any uh, model railroad clubs now there in the area, or are you so consumed that I, I, your time you know goes to your own? Remember the club here, uh, Lincoln Area Model Railroad Club, and Sam, and I think they've changed the name um, recently to. Lincoln Historical Society, Railroad Historical Society, something like that. Uh, uh, because uh, one of the members used to work for Burlington Northern, and he has a gift, knack, or whatever, of getting a hold of antiques, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, the club used to be set up in the uh, Industrial Arts Building at the Nebraska State Fair. And then um, they had uh, N-scale layout. We have uh, one of the members of the club back then. He's not a member. I don't think he's a member anymore. Um, this is uh, Steve Titus, who was a master model railroader. He had his uh, bunch of his models uh, set up in the N-scale layout and had a ton of space there. The problem was the building wasn't heated or oh. during the summer. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty – a ton of space, but the environment was very rough. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So uh, – and the State Fair, uh, for a while, wasn't doing that terribly good, losing money, so they let a lot of maintenance slide. So basically the roof and the building started to collapse. And they finally decided, well, <laughs> at least fortunately not by the, uh, by the layouts that were there, but uh, they finally decided, well, we need to kick you guys out of there. You know, we got you know, legal liabilities here if we you stay in there and something happens. Yeah. So the club basically had to, I mean, had this massive HO layout, I mean, made up of modules made by different members. And the thing was like 130 feet long. I mean, it was obscenely huge. And they had to take that apart, and they had to dismantle the N-scale layout. And at the time, 
the end scale, end uh, scale was the club that kind of dwindled, so it was just me and I think maybe one or two other guys, and I just thought, you know, I was getting more into working on my own layout and doing the YouTube videos and stuff like that, and uh, and in order for that in order for the N-Scale uh, group to thrive, you need someone who's a good uh, promoter and cheerleader, and I decided, well, that's not my idea of fun, so I, I just decided okay. to bow out then. So, Okay. Now, do you have a, a group of buddies who come over and you guys do operating sessions on your model railroad? Uh, my, my model railroad has not been uh, free of construction long enough to really have. I've had a couple of people, you know, come over and run their trains on the layout and stuff like that, but no, no formal operating sessions of any kind. Right okay. now, I consider, in some ways, I consider myself more of a builder than an operator, but uh, okay. I think I actually need to get my layout to a level of completeness where I can even think of operating. So... <laughs> Well, I know you did a, a, a series called Running Trains. Yeah, I did a couple of those, and I've had uh, folks uh, ask me for another one. And I think what I want to do for the next one is get one of those little miniature cameras and uh, oh, okay. stick it on a – I'm trying to imagine how I would do it. I'd probably take a flatbed car and stick the camera yeah. on there and have the engine push it from behind and have an engine-eye view of the layout yeah. through that for something a little bit different. So. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people do that, and the cameras anymore with the miniaturization yeah. that's and radio control you can oh you yeah can do that yeah. and it's fairly reasonable too. I mean, I think there's a setup I could get at Micromark, which is like around a hundred bucks for the camera and the receiver and stuff like that, and that's that's pretty darn reasonable. Okay, for what it does, but now are you DCC? Yes. Okay. Yes. And right. I use uh, Easy DCC, and I decided to go that route uh, on the strength of a couple of articles that were in Model Railroader magazine that I'd read a few years back uh, when they featured uh, the company uh, CVP USA and yeah. one of their issues. So it looked like a solid system, so that, that's what I went with. Okay. Did you do sound? No. 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 And I've got... Mixed feelings about it, because uh -huh. I've heard, you know, I've heard sound-equipped engines, and in one sense, yeah, it's kind of cool, you know, you, you accelerate, you hear the engine rev up, you slow down, it slows down, you hear the braking noises and stuff like that. The problem is, is that it ends up, at least this is just my opinion, um, that it makes the train seem more toy-like because the sound is so tinny. And trebly. I mean, it doesn't have any guts yes. to it. You know that that that's yeah, high, that, no base. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I mean, to me, I think a more ideal sound system would be one which the sound isn't generated on the engine itself, but you have a series mm -hmm. of speakers, you know, underneath the layout, and that somehow you can track based on you know where the train is located on the layout. You know, the sound volume increases in one speaker, and as it moves into another section, it decreases and increases in another. You know, and I think I've seen something like that advertised in model railroading, uh, model you, motor. That, uh, what you've described is soundtracks. Okay. And it, uh, you put a transponder... I think it on the uh, DCC card. Okay. And so it monitors the position and the soundtracks. I think it has the capability of six distinct 
uh, I'll call them tracks or loops, okay. so it can follow yeah. it around. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not inexpensive, but it allows you to, you know, match it up with, you know, at least something like a six-inch uh, yeah, woofer. Yeah, and give it a bit more realistic feel to it, you know, because I, th- I think, yeah. you know, having the, the the sound card and little speaker almost destroys the illusion of realism because it sounds very tinny, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. cool technology all the way around. But uh, Well, if we could only yeah. bend the laws of physics and uh, reshape the, uh, you know, perception of yeah. low-end sound, yeah. we'd have it made. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I I agree with you. I like the uh, the soundtrack system, by the way they approach it. Uh, Have you actually uh, heard one in action? No. No. I uh, was talking with Gary Polino at, uh, at uh, Train Tech, because Gary and I do a series on DCC. Uh-huh. And he was telling me at a, he had been at a show where it was demoed, and he said it was quite impressive. Yeah. So it's not inexpensive, but I thought, you know, if it works and it really, you know, brings in that element of the model railroad and sure. realism, then, you know, it's worth oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Would be to me. So, like I say, people, you need to go to YouTube and just look at what Everett has done. It's it's very professionally done. You can scroll through the titles he does, Weathering. Laying track, ballasting track, building roads, building rivers. Interesting series on making trees. Uh, everything from, you know, just making the woodland scenic, uh, molded plastic armature looking real good. I wanted to ask you on that. The trees that you shredded to add to the woodland scenic armatures uh-huh. once you reshaped them, we used the hobby tack glue. What product was that? Because the branches that came off actually made the woodland scenic plastic trees look like real trees. Um, that was also a. Uh, it was uh, also a woodland scenics project, and uh, excuse me, not project product. Um, all right, it's the woodland scenics finely foliage. Okay, so that's that's all I'm using and. Uh, and it comes attached, I mean, it looks like they spray this flocking onto these fairly large weeds. And then, it, it, I mean, the <clears throat> the package itself comes with an armature. It looks like it's big enough for an O-scale tree. Yeah. But, you know, I, I strip the leaves and the twigs off of uh, the, the, the bigger uh, weed that they have in there. And then I just basically glue, you know, stick the armatures on to the, I mean, the branches onto the um, Woodland Scenics armatures, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and it looks, you know, the result is pretty darn good. Yes, it is. Uh, I bought my hobby shop here in Phoenix, was clearing out some real old Woodland Scenics, and he had just these boxes for like three, four bucks a piece, and I brought them home, and the armatures in them, the trees were actually white metal castings okay very detailed and i went holy cow i mean you know i was used to buying the the plastic ones and then doing what you did reshape them and coat them up 
but these were metal. Okay. Maybe that's just what they used to do because these things were old boxes. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think they. Yeah, I wonder if they even used lead at the time. So. <laughs> that, uh, that wouldn't go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Glad to know that, so they don't chew on it. You know? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming, but I mean, they used to do make things uh, out of materials that probably wouldn't uh, fly today. So, uh, as far as the health standards are concerned, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the Woodland Scenics armatures are plastic, at least it's moldable plastic. I cut some branches off, and I haven't seen any wiring in, inside there or anything like that. So, oh yeah, no, I've snapped them off, yeah. and they're just. Whatever the the plastic yeah, I'm resin sure what is. kind of yeah material it is, but it holds its shape after you bend it. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I made uh, <coughs> wire armature set up. I was uh, had a lot of time on my hands, and yeah, I was just taking twenty four gauge multi strand speaker wire, and you can do a lot of neat stuff with it. And uh, even one of the guys at the hobby shop said, well, won't you make them? I'll buy them. And it took so much time yeah. to do it and make it look really nice. I went, no, you can't afford these if I'm going to do that. Yeah, I, I, I tried messing around with that on an earlier series on making trees. And yeah. after just thinking about it and looking at the results uh, from the using the plastic armatures and the fine leaf foliage, I'm thinking I can get this done a lot faster. At a fairly reasonable price, so. Right, and the MicroMark, that black spun uh, cloth they have, they sell in big bags. It's black, and you pull it apart, okay. and you can drape it over trees, oh. and it, it will hold the foliage. Oh, okay. Polyfiber, yeah. whatever yeah. Poly-fiber, it is. Polyfiber, yeah, yeah. yeah I... That, uh, I've done a lot of trees like that, and, yeah, you can... Uh, you can make some very nice-looking trees. Of course, I model outdoors, and the first thunderstorm just tears out all the pieces, so I don't go to that trouble anymore. Uh-huh. Just I use the clumpy trees, and they hold up to the rain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a G scale? No, I'm HO. Oh, you're HO. You said you model. Okay, never mind. You model outdoors. I kept thinking, okay, he's got a G scale layout or something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. Some <laughs> bench work and everything is just... Outdoors, I live in a desert, yeah. so rain is not a big issue, yeah, except yeah. when you get the thunderstorms in the summer once in a while. Oh, once okay. in a while. So it's like car washes here. They don't wash off mud and dirt. They wash off dust. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Everett, I appreciate your time. This has been uh, very enjoyable. Well, I, I've enjoyed uh, you know coming on and talking. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, really, uh, what you've done, just the the commitment to and stick to itiveness, if that's really a word, is just very, very impressive. What do you do in real life? I'm a computer programmer. Okay, well, I can see the 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 core traits of being successful in that profession, you know, exhibited in the fact that you know you put out fifty seven episodes of uh, building a river <laughs> so yeah there's, just, there's still work i need to do on that but uh you know like i say i kind of jump around i get tired of doing what i'm doing and you know, keep myself from burning out just doing one thing well sure and uh we've got to enjoy what we're doing or it's yeah. it's not a hobby and it's not fun yeah yeah so. okay well i appreciate you taking the time okay 
All right. Well, have a good day. All right. All right, buddy. You take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.